Culture Footnotes. I'm Courtney. I'm Shannon. And we're joined again this week by Tana. Hello. Um, we're super, super excited. I don't know. Are you guys excited? I'm excited for this episode. Yes. So we're talking about vampires. Yep. Yay. Happy Halloween. <laughs> Scary stuff. Yeah. Um, I love vampires in general. So I'm excited about this. I know Tana's excited about this. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so we're going to jump into our media of the week segment and try to keep it short so we can get to the good stuff. Um, so Tana, tell us about what you've been reading and watching and listening to this week. Uh, I have been reading, uh, The Haunting of Hill House by Shirley Jackson. It's a classic that I've never read and I wanted to read it in advance of the upcoming Netflix thing, which I actually just probably came out. It's not upcoming anymore. Um, but then I found out that they are completely different stories. So, uh, I will just finish the book and then watch the thing anyway. (laughs) Shirley Jackson is a lottery. Shirley Jackson. Huh? Like, isn't the woman who wrote the lottery oh, where I don't they know. throw I'm the actually not sure. stones at people correct. and kill them? Okay. I don't know how many Shirley I, Jacksons were writing. Like, probably not many. Yeah. <laughs> cool. That's how awesome. Up to. Um, I just finished a book called What If It's Us, um, and it, everyone knows I love YA stuff. Um, it's two of my favorite authors that came together to write this book. It's two guys that um, meet, and it's sort of a misconnections thing, and they try to find each other in New York, and it's a nice love story. Nice. But it references like Hamilton a lot, and Dear Evan Hansen a lot, and Harry Potter a lot. So <laughs> obviously, this is a thing made for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Um. I have, this last week, I have been reading a book with my son called The Halloween Tree, which is by Ray Bradbury. Mm. Um, I love it. It's very lyrical. It's got lots of poetry in there. And um, it's about these kids who kind of learn about the origins of various Halloween mythoses. I'm not sure if I'm using that word correctly, (laughs) but um, yeah. And so I think it's actually like perfect and ties very well into our topic for this week. Does that have the tattooed man in it? No. Okay. Cool. The illustrated man, I mean, he's not just a tattooed man. <laughs> no, um, no. It's got Mr. Moundshroud, who mm. takes them back through time and, like, oh, shows okay. them the evolution, or the, not the evolution of the holiday, kind of that, but also, like, where all of their different costumes, like, the things they're dressing up as, yeah. where those myths came from. Right. Um, and he turns out to be, Mr. like, death himself, <laughs> basically. So, yeah. <laughs> Um, cool. So let's get into vampires. Let's talk about first exposures. So Tana, what was your first exposure to vampir- vampirism? Uh, <laughs> I feel like, uh, like, I'm sure that I had a more, like, uh, a, a grown-up experience, I guess, with, like, the realities of vampires, but probably the first vampire that I encountered was uh, the Count on uh, mm-hmm. Sesame Street. Yeah, so... Same. That was mine! So I was sorry. so excited. <laughs> I was like, I can actually think of one this time. I'm so sorry. That's all right. That probably wasn't, yeah. the, uh-huh. that wasn't the one I was thinking of. So I do think the more like grown up one that I can remember, mummies, I would be so much better at this with, but the mm-hmm. one that I can remember was. Uh, I had a trend in my childhood of watching horror movies before I should have been allowed to. Uh, I watched Silence of the Lambs at seven. Um, but uh, I saw Interview with a Vampire real early on. I was probably like 10 or so. Um, so a lot of that went over my head, but there you go. Yeah. Well, how about you, Shannon? The Count. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I don't, I can't think of what more adult one I saw first. Yeah. I did, I, I hit, I was with the right age for the Twilight, Twilight. phase, so <laughs> I am mortified that I read those now, but you know, Don't I be. was a teenager, and 
Yeah. I had no such excuse. I was in college. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah. yeah. Cool. So for me, I, um, I'm not sure whether it was Benicula that was, I mean, I don't, oh. like I said, I think that when I really think about it, the count probably was my first vampire exposure, but, um, Benicula was something that I read, um, when I was maybe in third or fourth grade and I can't, I don't know if it was that book or I had like this children's abridged version of Dracula. So okay. I had, I had like a collection mm-hmm. of all these abridged for children versions of versions of major works of literature. Were they the wishbone ones? No. Okay. <laughs> no. But they, they all have like the same kind of painted cover and okay. like illustrations mm. throughout. Um, but yeah, so I read that version of Dracula as a kid and it was probably around the same time. I started developing a fascination with vampires around fourth grade. So yeah. <laughs> cool. All right. So let's get into vampires. So uh, for this episode, we are doing it a little bit differently than we did last year. Last year, we were talking about zombies. Um, if you haven't listened to that, you should definitely go listen to that. Zombies. Um, but yeah, so with that one, we kind of went through like how the myth of the zombie has evolved over time, which was pretty easy considering it's a fairly new one. Uh, vampires, no such luck. <laughs> uh, we were looking at it because we were thinking about doing the same approach this year, and we were like... There is literally no way. Uh, <laughs> like, literally, there have been um, myths about vampires and blood-sucking, blood-sucking demons, like, since Mesopotamian, Mesopotamian, I can't talk, Mesopotamian <laughs> culture. So, like, yeah, it goes back thousands and thousands of years. Like, there's no way we could cover it all. So, instead, we just wanted to, um, we wanted to talk about what makes a vampire a vampire and talk about traits of vampires and how they differ um, with time and with different movies and books and de- depictions of vampires, basically. So, yeah. Uh, we're going to be talking about a lot of different um, <laughs> movies and books, and it's going to be so great. I'm so excited. So, let's talk first about um, so skin color of vampires. What? Yeah. You guys weigh in here. So, when I think <laughs> of vampires, I think pale skin. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people do, right? Because pale skin is usually associated with death, and they are undead. Um, but what are some uh, variations on that? So I know I'm pretty sure, at least in um, Dracula, like the Bram mm-hmm. Stoker, uh, the Count or like, I was gonna say Orlock, Count Dracula is <laughs> that pale. But um, mm-hmm. the sisters that uh, are living with him, are, the female vampires, are a lot like redder mm-hmm. um i think that's the case in fright night too of mm-hmm. like female vampires are a little bit more flushed and ro- like reddish rosy mm-hmm. um and i also i think <laughs> so uh transylvania is um it, uh, I, <laughs> okay so at least <laughs> bucharest um which is where nosferatu the das vampire uh mm-hmm. takes place um the old one and the contemporary one and um, Rom- that's in Romania. So like uh, the Romani people are um, kind of associated with vampirism. And so that brings like, like they're not just these, this pale, right? Like they're actually like the vampire mm-hmm. matches the region. So yeah, they're vampires mm-hmm. of color, just like, I mean, and then there's also uh, the black exploitation films, right? Blackula. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So they have like, <clears throat> Yeah, I think yeah. that there's, but but by and large, especially if we're talking about uh, like the main idea of vampires, I think 
pale, bloodless. Yeah. Like, yeah. There, there definitely have been some exceptions. So, for instance, European folklore, um, they were usually considered to have, like, ruddy or dark-colored skin, largely because, um, sadly, uh, European folklore, you know, they, they considered people of other races to be demonic in some sense. Um, and so there was a fear, and therefore... Vampires in the folklore had dark skin. So, yeah. Yeah, yikes. Um, <laughs> um, also, exceptions. So, I remember there was a Scooby Doo episode that had <laughs> green colored vampires. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. I was yeah. going to say the Count is purple. Yeah, the Count is purple. Oh, Count Chocula. Yeah. It's chocolate. <laughs> yeah. So, apparently, we have chocolate. Also, the Buffy vampires. Yeah. Um, by and large, look just like normal humans. Yeah, most yeah. of the time. Uh, yeah. Until they are, uh, they look like uh, not <laughs> Klingon. Klingon is close. They look like Klingons, like when they're transformed. Yeah. <laughs> and also in Twilight, <laughs> uh, they're absolutely pale, but they sparkle in the sunlight. <laughs> so that's a skin color difference. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Shannon, I wish that people could have seen you like say that because you're just dripping with sarcasm. See, I oh, they're so bad. <laughs> My but honestly, it, they learn so many teenage girls who don't know any better. My goal is just to, uh, for the duration of this podcast, despite the fact that Courtney and I have both <laughs> probably read and seen all of the Twilight things. I went to uh, a Nanny Midnight premiere. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, just forced Shannon to talk about all of the Twilight stuff. <laughs> I was going to, I used to have it. a Twilight t-shirt with Edward on it, and I think I gave it away, like got rid of it, but I really wish I still had it to wear it to this, yeah. for recording this. I, I think I used to have a shirt, and because I don't know how, because I did not like Twilight. I read all the books, and I've seen all but the last movie. And I got roped into doing multiple, like, midnight premieres of these things. And I got pressure into buying merchandise. And so I had this shirt for a while that said, I'm the alpha. And I was like, that was the, that was the one I bought because of all the shirts they had available. That was the one that, like, didn't, like, I was like, that could be multiple things. It's not <laughs> But anyway. Uh, whatever, um, Courtney. He loved it. <laughs> okay. Um, cool. Let's talk about fangs. So vampires <laughs> usually have fangs. I'd say that's the most notable trait on uh-huh. here probably, right? Yeah. Although in some, I mean, there are some exceptions. So it, uh, we're looking at Wikipedia. So <laughs> sorry. We're not. If I, Like the vampire experts that we can. But <laughs> I am. Oh, Tana is. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Tana absolutely <laughs> is. <laughs> I am a poser for sure. Um, but the vampire is spelled P-Y-R-E, F-Y-I, from 1819. They do not have fangs. Um, and in some depictions, they, uh, they're like retractable. So, mm. yeah. One thing that's funny about the vampire, that 1819 one, uh, is I think the the main guy, the main vampire dude is uh, Lord Ruth, what is his name? Ruth, Ruthven is what it is. (laughs) He was based on Lord Byron, the poet. So (laughs) That's incredible. Uh, That book was actually written by one of Byron's doctors. And when it was published, people were like, oh, this is Lord Byron. And both the doctor and Lord Byron were like, Lord Byron did not write this. <laughs> one was really proud and the other one was like, do not associate my name with this. So, yeah. One uh, thing that's interesting. So, again, this is Twilight Differs, right? They don't have. They don't. Yeah. <laughs> my expert. I am not. <laughs> okay. But you're correct. 
They have venom, don't they? There's yeah. like a yeah. like a paralytic type venom thing on sharp the teeth, but not pointed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that's really interesting. Uh, so. I don't know at what point it happened that they became uh, the canines being elongated. That mm-hmm. was the sharp one. Yeah. Um, but specifically in the German, and this actually has sad reasoning behind it, um, the German uh, vampire lore, which is Nosferatu, um, was like the main one. Uh, it was 1922. Uh, so 1922 Germany was uh, not the friendliest place to Jewish people. Um, and so the Nosferatu character, uh, if you look at him, he, uh, I mean, even the cover is very reminiscent of, um, really anti-Semitic, like, uh, political drawings and stuff. Um, and there was also a really strong association with rats and plague and pestilence, um, like with Jewish people. That was like a thing that Hitler used to mobilize people was like, this is a scary outsider. They are like vermin. They are like, that was the rhetoric. Um, And if you go back and watch the original Nosferatu, uh, he is tall and lank and like, like bushy eyebrowed and kind of like a big nose, just like a caricature. And he has little tiny, like his, his two front teeth are Mm. like, they look very rat like, Mm. like very rodent like, and his ears are kind of radish. Um, and when he travels to, it's basically the same as the Dracula story where this, uh, count buys land in a main area, uh, either London in Dracula or, um, Germany in, uh, I can't remember which town it is in Germany, but uh, coming to like the main area of Germany from this kind of like far off country. Uh, and he travels by boat and um, the boat is just filled with rats uh, mm. and they're worried about like the black death, the plague coming and being spread. So um, that's like, I don't think there are many other that follow that trope. Like I think other vampires are pretty decidedly more like the wolf fang thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but Yep, the the German vampire trope is um, not great. Thanks, for I will it. say there is another exception that I do want to talk about, oh, which yeah. is Doctor Who. Oh, <laughs> so Doctor Who's interpretation of vampires, at least in the reboot, there's I think that they've had a couple of episodes with vampires, but the one from the reboot, they're like these. So it's the Vampires of Venice is the name of the episode, and they're like aliens that are actually like fish people. But, like, they, they like, bite these girls and transform them into, like, the same creatures as them. But they still look human on the outside. But then when you, like, look at them in the right kind of light or something... I'm not 100% sure because it's Doctor Who. But, um, <laughs> but sometimes, like... So they have these... Their teeth are, like, pointy, kind of spine-like, sharp teeth all over their mouth. Um... So yeah, mm-hmm. those are the kinds of things that they have. That's horrifying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> another variation, mm-hmm. The Strain, the Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if he wrote the, the there, there's a comic, and then he definitely did the like TV adaptation. Mm-hmm. I refuse to watch it, but my partner loves it. Um, <laughs> there, uh, I believe, are just like really long, uh, like alien tongues, right? Like they mm-hmm. uh, they just like shoot them out of their yeah. mouth, and they're these really long, like uh, tentacly things that flail around and uh, latch yeah. on, kind of leechy. Yeah. Cool. Maybe something else to talk about here is reading that traditionally with vampires, like now we think of vampires always biting at the neck to suck out blood, mm-hmm. um, but it started out more the stomach. That's what I read in early, mm-hmm. early lore. Yeah. That's terrifying. So not sure quite why it switched to the neck, yeah. but anyway. Cool. Yeah. Um, 
So let's move on to the next trait, which is, do they have a reflection or not? What do you guys think? This one, I feel like there's so much more variation on, right? Yes. So like the other yeah. ones, it's like, yeah, like there is kind of a trope of like what they look like and what like what their mouth looks like. But with the reflection, I feel like it's so much different. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not really talked about in um, like the Dracula, the... Or I guess maybe Dracula it is, but Nosferatu, it's, like, not even a thing. Like, yeah. the, the, it's, like, not a huge focus. Mm-hmm. Um, isn't there a, a real good scene in um, What We Do in the Shadows? With the yes. <laughs> so What We Do in the Shadows is, like, a mockumentary about, about vampires, and there's this one really great scene where they're all trying to get ready for the evening, and they can't look at themselves to see what they look like, so they're all drawing pictures of what Um, I will also mention uh, Van Helsing, which is my guilty pleasure movie around Halloween time. It's terrible. Don't watch it. (laughs) It's so bad. But um, there's a scene where (laughs) there's a scene where uh, Dracula has kidnapped Kate Beckinsale's character, and so she's human, and he's trying to convince her to like become like his bride or whatever, Mm -hmm. which is weird because he's also trying to kill her. I don't know. Um, but he's kidnapped her to lure Van Helsing there, because um, Van Helsing has Frankenstein. It's, it's, you know what? I'm not going to explain it. <laughs> you don't need to know. But um, so she's been kidnapped, and she's at this ball, and Dracula's kind of mind controlling her so that she's like going along with it. She's in this fancy ball gown, and he's dancing with her, and she's like resisting, but at the same time, physically, she has to do whatever he's trying to get her to do. So she's dancing with him, and she was like, she's like resisting him, and. He's like, you're not going to have a lot of choice. And he like dips her and she looks to the side into this big, huge mirror. And they're surrounded by people on the dance floor. <coughs> and she looks in the mirror and she's the only one there. And she realizes the whole room is full of She's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a ref- the, the lack of reflection is like a big reveal in the Fright Night movies. Mm-hmm. Um, the Fright Night is, I, if, have you have you all seen Fright Night? No. Um, so there's, there's an older one that was in the 80s. Uh, that was it's a it's a riot, y'all. It stars. Um, oh, Prince Humperdinck. What is this? Uh, not as Chris Sarandon. Yeah, um, he is a vampire who moves in next door to this kid, and this kid is like, "There's a vampire living next door to me, and nobody believes him." Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he goes to this uh, Vincent Price-like character. The role was designed for Vincent Price, who turned it down because he was sick of being typecast. But his name is Peter Vincent. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, uh, Peter Vincent's like, I, that's it, that's TV. I don't do that kind of thing. It's like not, uh, I don't, I, I don't really care. But uh, the main boy's friends, Charlie's friends, are like, we're really worried about him. We're afraid he's going to go try and kill his neighbor, who they also don't believe is a vampire. And so they're like, maybe you can come and do some showmanship and prove that he's not a vampire. Have him drink like holy water or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they just like get a bottle of tap water and go to the vampire's house and have him drink tap water because they all think that this kid is just like up in the night because <laughs> vampires. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> they don't believe him, so they're just like, this isn't going to be a real thing. We're not really. It's not going to make you drink holy water. So the vampire drinks the tap water. is totally fine, and they're all like ready to go out. And then the Vincent Price character, sorry. Peter Vincent drops his mirror and um, as he's picking it up notices that the dude doesn't have a reflection and that's when he's like oh this kid's right like this is correct um, so that's like the hinging point of it so, okay interesting no, and then there's a remake which uh, 
is hilarious because it's very bad, but it <laughs> stars. Um, Isn't it David Tennant in it? Yeah, David Tennant is the Peter Vincent character. Yeah. Uh, so he's That's... like the the one who shows up to fight the vampire. Colin Farrell is the vampire next door. Yes. Um, it has Ant- Anton uh, Chekhov. Uh, yes. What is his name? Uh, the I don't actor, know. But yeah, um, the one who like passed away a few years yeah. ago. Yeah. yeah him. Uh, he's the main boy in it. So lots of fun oh, people pop Yelchin. up. Oh. Yelchin. Yes, Anton Yelchin. Yes. Uh, You've sold me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, no, no. My was to sell you on the first one. <laughs> I don't care, Tana. David Tennant. David Tennant. Do we know? Dig your own grave. Where? Do we know where the reflection thing came from? No. Or. I feel like so much of it is because a lot of the lore, I don't know about in every case, but a lot of the lore, um, vampires are kind of conflated with ghosts, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, there are at least somewhere, uh, a vampire is a ghost that only becomes human enough to interact with the world when it drinks blood, those kinds of things. Mm. So like, I think a lot of it is like, you don't actually exist on the corporeal plane. Yeah. I think some of it too has to do with this idea that, um, mirrors and cameras, like, are reflecting the soul Mm -hmm. vampires being undead demons have no soul um so yeah and Um, i mean i also saw some stuff that was mirrors in the past were made out of silver and it mm -hmm. seems like people connected like vampire lore and werewolf lore and we're kind of mixing it too and that's they couldn't see them through the silver either i don't know yeah um, Interesting. Yeah, so we talked about reflections. So film is the next thing that's on here. So film is a similar story. Like in some um, variations, vampires can't be seen on film. In mm-hmm. some, they can. Um, in some, even like now that we have digital cameras, there's mm-hmm. like vampires can't be seen on physical film, but can on digital or can't on digital. It's all kind of all over the place. But um, not a whole lot of vampire books and movies go into that because mm-hmm. it's more of a like it's easier to hold up a mirror to somebody right and be like right. do you have a reflection rather than like i'm going to take a picture and i'm going to develop the film <laughs> yeah um so yeah um cool so let's move on to do they have a shadow what do you guys think that's not one that i've ever ever even thought of <laughs> yeah, so was like that's not a uh like which is straight. funny because bram stoker's dracula he has no shadow that's so interesting. I know, that's right? Like nothing that's, I associate with. And that Dracula is like yeah. the the one that we base most of our yeah. vampire like traits off of. But yeah, he yeah. doesn't have a shadow <laughs> in that one. But in most, I think he does. In Dungeons and Dragons, <laughs> do not have shadows. Um, yeah. Cool. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like I, I, yeah, I don't of. think about yeah. it either. I think it yeah. looks like. The majority do have reflections. Yeah. So. Yep. Hmm. And I, bet I would guess similarly, like reflection and shadow thing, right? Of mm-hmm. like, if they they don't have a reflection, they probably aren't going to cast a shadow. Well, yeah, could you imagine that? I it, it's one thing to put that in the story, but if you're trying to film a vampire yeah. movie, like yeah. trying to take Without out a, a shadow, shadow, that's probably yeah, why that's gone away. Yeah, <laughs> but. Um, cool. So let's talk about attractiveness. <laughs> So, are vampires attractive? Like, are they are they more attractive than the average human? The same? Less? Are they, like, monsters? So, when I think of, like, traditional vampires, I, th- I feel like they are maybe not, like, conventionally beautiful 
beings, like mm-hmm. when I'm thinking of Dracula or whatever, but that they do have like a hypnotic, like if we're mentioning Dungeons and Dragons, right? Like Dracula, <laughs> his, his charm or whatever that like metric is, is off the charts because yeah. like there is this like kind of almost possession type element of like mm-hmm. you are attracted to them whether they're attractive or not. That's right. like a... Yeah. Right, which, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but as I recall, Bram Stoker's Dracula is a similar story, mm-hmm. where he himself, like, it doesn't really say whether he's attractive or not, but he's got this, like, hypnotic ability to, like, mm-hmm. lure in women, and, like, they so they find him attractive. And so I think that from that, a lot of variations of vampires have explain that as saying oh when you become a vampire you become super beautiful or yeah super handsome or whatever your skin sparkles you don't want a, a man with a gl- very glittery uh... you know what andrew, andrew used to work for a scrapbooking company and would handle products that had like glitter on it and he would come home and he's like, and I was just like, it's not, yeah, not, not a good look on you. <laughs> I wonder if this, uh, like, the attractiveness thing is what um, maybe helped the transition of, like, stomach biting to neck biting because mm-hmm. then, like, it's like I'm going neck biting is yeah, yeah, so much more sensual something. and, like, yeah. intimate. Um, and that might have had to do with, like, like, because they are this kind of, like, sexual being a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. But maybe that's why it moved. Because it does seem like that's <laughs> such a thing of, yeah. like... Even though what the the most beautiful vampires that I think of are probably mm. Interview with a Vampire Vampires, because yes. um, they're wonderful. But I always think of uh, everybody made such a big to do when Kirsten Dunst had to kiss uh, Brad Pitt, like in that movie, because she's like a small child but is like yeah. old and like adult and like is attracted to him. Mm. And when Kirsten Dunst would talk about it after, she said it was like kissing my brother and his lips were really dry. And I was like, that's not a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> what a bummer. Oh man. <laughs> That's not what you want to think (laughs) kissing Brad Pitt would be like. (laughs) But, like, uh, in Buffy, I feel like, at least when they're, like, plain clothes, they're, like, really pretty. I mean, Mm -hmm. I I don't think you can argue that David Boreanaz isn't, like, an attractive dude, right? And he's, like, absolutely (laughs) kidding. But they morph into, like, when they kill their... Gargoyle. Of, like, Klingons, right? Like, the, like, scrunched up face and, like... Yeah, and I think that that's pretty common in a mm-hmm. lot of vampire movies is that they look normal or even until super attractive until they mm-hmm. like morph into their true selves one um, that i really need to see now um which i didn't actually realize was a vampire movie is the lost boys have oh, either uh, of you yes, seen this of course no i absolutely need to <laughs> but it seems like that kind of kicked off the like hot vampire that everyone's really into yeah Yeah. (laughs) um but they but they go kind of ugly when they're killing people (laughs) yeah that seems like like if like you're saying a fairly common thing yeah yeah and i think we should also so we talked about twilight like obviously their skin changes to be sparkly yeah but also physically they do change when they become vampires in twilight they go from being like pretty normal to being like the hottest possible version of (laughs) yeah and so like all Mm -hmm. vampires in twilight are like ridiculously attractive yeah good looking so there's that um what we do in the shadows they are not particularly attractive (laughs) i love them so much i love them so much too um 
That's a good one to watch if you want like a good overview of different iterations of vampires, yes. though, right? Yeah. Because like they do address absolutely. like, oh yeah, there's this myth about vampires, and <laughs> yeah, and, and they even have like a Nosferatu dude living in the basement, like yes. he's like the ancient <laughs> one or whatever. Like you can yeah. see all of the yeah. different like this is like the era that of vampire ideas that they were from. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to talk about that when we get to weaknesses of vampires. Yeah. <laughs> um, we'll get there. Um, well, because we're talking about attractiveness, can I briefly bring up my favorite vampire movie, which yes. is Only Lovers Left Alive, which oh, yeah. is Tom Hiddleston and Tilda Swinton is a vampire <laughs> couple, and Tom Hiddleston is like a rock star. <laughs> People, I don't know, they've, the whole movie is about them, um, I mean, he's kind of tired of being alive because he's been around for so long, but uh-huh. everyone finds, they're both so hip and great in it. Anyway. <laughs> Great. Two, uh, two of the most attractive actors. Uh, I think they're two of <laughs> the most attractive actors. So there you go. Um, so let's talk about um, once vampires are killed, what do they look like? What happens to them? Should it also be like how they're killed, I think, varies oh, a yeah. lot too. Well, we'll talk about that one. We'll talk okay. about that next. But like when they're killed, do they turn into dust? Do they get all charred and like shriveled? Do they basically just become like human corpses one of the things that i think is really interesting and that like comes up in the fright night one that i mentioned before is uh they look like a they look like a human corpse um but if the way that they are killed depending on the way they're killed right so Mm -hmm. if it's by sunlight um it's dust and if or like flames Mm -hmm. and dust and if uh (laughs) it's by stake they're a human corpse they look like they're human selves Mm -hmm. um but when the stake is removed, it become animate again. So like, it's not like a death. Like oh. a, it's not a permanent death with the stake. It's like a temporary so, death. As opposed to like Buffy, which is like no matter how they die, they're just dust. It's yeah. just like an explosion of like. Poof. Yeah, which would be consistent with like Bram Stoker. Mm-hmm. Um, although I have here that in Bram Stoker's Dracula, they become dust except for newborn vampires who become corpses. Oh um, yeah, hmm. interesting. I did not know that. Hmm. Um, also, can we talk about the fact that? Apparently, in the Count Chocula, <laughs> um, they become chocolate cereal C-C-U. dust. CCU. Oh, uh, <laughs> yes. CCU. <laughs> they become chocolate cereal dust. So, you oh, know, gee. when you get to the bottom of your, uh, of, <laughs> of your cereal, all that dust down there, that's a dead vampire. You're welcome. Yeah. That's actually one of the things. I That maybe should have been my first exposure to vampires. That was, like, my favorite cereal. I can't eat it now that I'm vegan, but... Aww. It's real good. Yeah. So. <laughs> have you ever had Count Chocula? Have you ever had like Frankenberry or Booberry or anything? I think so. Oh my word! You, uh, it's <laughs> Halloween. I need to go yes. get because it because they only sell them during October. You have oh to, like, really? Yeah. The, the the monster cereals are only released during like a little end of September and beginning like and okay. So I'm gonna get some. I just think that episode of The Office where they're talking about they make up a fake disease, Count Choculitis. <laughs> anyway, yes. I don't want Count Choculitis. It's probably why I haven't eaten it. <laughs> They're very um, sugary, so you, you yes. don't have to eat them. It's basically sugar cereal. With I'll try it. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> cereal. Uh, so Van Helsing, I'm going to talk about this. So they, when they die in Van Helsing, they become like weird, gross skeletons, and then they just. Oh. Um, yeah, it's again. Do not watch Van Helsing. <laughs> but like one of the, so the first vampire who's killed in that movie is one of Dracula's wives and she like Van Helsing has this crossbow with like multiple it's like a 
It's like an automatic crossbow that he doesn't have to reload. And he dips it in holy water and then shoots her and it like, like shoots her and she's stuck on a roof because it like goes through her body and like embeds in the roof, right? And so she's like gasping and she goes, ah, and then like becomes this bone and then explodes into dust. Yeah. It's really weird. Very badly animated. <laughs> and yet, you keep telling us not to I watch it, and I only want to watch it more. Here's this great thing. Don't it's watch been it. a while, it's but I remember it being very bad. It's very funnily bad. <laughs> cool. Uh, so let's talk yeah. about weaknesses of vampires. So, uh, let's start with a steak. So... Uh, is a stake fatal to a vampire? So I have here that in European folklore, it is fatal, but it has to be ash, hawthorn, or oak. Mm. So there's that. What, this, like, I feel like as we're talking about this, is just going to get at the heart of, I think what kills a vampire is the beliefs that surround, uh, like, so a lot of the things that kill vampires, like in this one, if it's specifically ash, hawthorn, or oak, mm-hmm. um, those are very uh, like strong sacred woods, like in a lot of pagan uh, like rites and things. Those mm-hmm. are like holy, and, and, I mean, didn't Tolkien draw on that? Like the ancient ash or something like that was mm-hmm. in like really critical to some of Tolkien's, it might've not been Tolkien's lore, but um, so I think that like a lot of that is the like the stake is one of the pagan things that kills them, right? So like mm-hmm. if the vampire has roots in like ancient evils, a stake is usually a thing that takes care of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although it's the opposite in Van Helsing. <laughs> <laughs> so in Van Helsing, it's like um, yeah, stakes like don't really work on Dracula, but they work on the others interesting yeah and like crosses same thing <laughs> like yeah hmm. it's weird crosses are interesting <laughs> I, I can wait till we get there yeah we'll, we'll get there <laughs> um yeah cool um i'm also looking at and it seems like for the most part in vampire media stakes are fatal oh supernatural they're not apparently i've never watched that show and like i said fright night they're fatal as long as they remain in the body yeah they can if they're taken out it's the same thing with i feel like um hmm. in the old uh wolf man like the old black and white Wolfman movies mm-hmm. the universal monster ones um mm-hmm. they killed the wolf men by burying him with wolf's bane and when the wolf's bane is removed he reanimates so i think mm-hmm. that that's like a lot mm-hmm. of the like that has to remain present in order to like keep the being contained yeah so it's not the stabbing that kills the vampire but the material itself that I think so, yeah, that like, as, as, and that has to stay in their body yeah. as soon as it's removed. Because mm-hmm. that's like, one of the best parts of Fright Night is that this little <laughs> boy has been turned, and not, he's not little, but he's really obnoxious, <laughs> has been turned into a vampire, and um, the Peter Vincent character kills him, and then uh, he's like at this gargoyle thing, and then when he dies, he turns back into the little boy, and is like, like, and dies, and the guy mm-hmm. just pulls the stake out to like take it and go on with the other ones and like goes to the other house to take care of the big vampire dude and it ends with you coming back to the house and realizing that that van- the dead boy vampire body is gone and you hear just uh, his laugh like he's uh, <laughs> really obnoxious <laughs> it's like oh a sequel i don't think there was one but <laughs> set up for one. Oh darn <laughs> yep um also i'm looking at this in a lot of 
A lot of lore, the stake has to be made of silver. Oh, mm. not yeah. just wood. Yeah. Hmm. Which is interesting. It also, like, I think the location of the stabbing changes too. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of them it's a stake through the heart, but right. for some it's just like a stake anywhere. Uh, Buffy purports to be a stake through the heart, but if you watch Buffy's <laughs> Slayer Empires, uh, not, not as advertised. <laughs> <laughs> How, uh, Shannon, how do the um, ones in Twilight die? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I mean, I can answer that if you want me to, but... Are they susceptible to stakes, I suppose? Is Staking doesn't seem... I don't remember if they have a No, I... Yeah, so if I'm remembering right, they have to be, like, basically torn apart or okay. they can reanimate. So stakes yeah. are not... Have to be or, like, burned or, like, destroyed. Yeah. Okay, so they're the thing, yeah. basically. Yeah. <laughs> got it. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at Twilight right now and pretty much across the board on all these weaknesses, it's no, 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 except... What is this? Just remember you can kill one off one. Edward Cullen that easily. Fire. Fire. is one of those. Mm-hmm. That's their only weakness in Twilight, so... <laughs> Man, yep. that's a bummer. <laughs> Don't they? I feel like the vampires at the end, it has been a while since I've seen these, thankfully. You, I feel like they do, like, tear them apart and then kill them. Remember, because they're, um, I remember in the third one, poor Bristellis Howard is the bad vampire, and they, like, twist her, they snap her neck, and then I think yeah. they burn her after that. Yeah, so they have to, like, so. basically what they do is, I think that in the heat of the battle itself, they're, like dismembering mm. um so they try to separate the head from the rest okay and then they go back later and they they have to burn him to kill him off for good huh. so yeah cool let's talk about sunlight so are vampires <laughs> um is sunlight fatal for them or does it just embarrass them because it reveals their sparkly skin yeah. <laughs> um yeah so in european folklore they were nocturnal because sunlight was deadly mm-hmm. for them um, in the vampire with the Y. I don't know how I'm going to... Yeah, anyway. Um, so in that one, it says that they're healed by moonlight, which oh, is okay. why they're not. It's like a nurture. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. Um, North American folklore, they were definitely um, like sensitive to the sun. Uh, yeah. We know that in an interview with a vampire, sunlight is fatal, mm-hmm. which is... Is that what happens to Kirsten Dunst? Uh, I yes. Yeah. I feel like that happens to several because they get yeah. put into that pit yeah. that like the sun is coming in or whatever. I specifically remember Kirsten Dunst and like the woman that she turns into a vampire to be her yeah. mother. Yeah. Like dying in get, there. Get get poofed. Yeah. Dusted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, well, one thing that's interesting is dra- like the Bram Stoker's Dracula, mm-hmm. like sunlight's not good for them, but I feel like I remember he like right at high noon is actually like really strong. Like that's like for some reason a time that like yeah. he is like I don't know, the I'm doing a, a like power sign with with my It's very Wonder Woman of you. Is that Wonder Woman? It's a Wonder, Wonder Woman to me. I was, I was like, I'm not sure Captain Planet is the thing. <laughs> yeah. Something of like charge it up. I was Power Rangers. Like, oh, that works yeah, too. Crossed arms. Yeah. <laughs> <Anyway>. uh, <laughs> yeah. So that's a that's an interesting one. And a lot of these um, sunlight like weakens their powers, mm-hmm. but it isn't fatal. Um, yeah. In Buffy, if you're not an important vampire, uh, sunlight is fatal. And mm-hmm. if you're an important vampire, it just burns you until you get out of it. Yeah. So uh, that's not really explained. Yeah. Um, but the show is perfect, so it's fine. Um, I will say, and this is a random thing to bring up because it's not <laughs> pop culture per se, but. 
I have this game on my phone that's an RPG, and it's a... Uh, I don't know. They recently released a story that was about vampires, and the way that they explained it was that there's, like, the one root vampire, mm -hmm. and that every time they bite somebody, it's like the vampire blood kind of gets diluted. Oh. And so that means that modern-day vampires are, like, susceptible to lots of different things. Oh, okay. But, like, mm -hmm. if you are, like, a higher generation or, like, an older vampire, gotcha. then you're not as susceptible mm -hmm. to it. Okay. So vampirism yeah. is a pyramid scheme. That's <laughs> <laughs> so what's happening. Kind of. <laughs> Yeah. Um, in Van Helsing, sunlight is fatal, <laughs> except for Dracula. So. Is that really better than Twilight? <laughs> That's no. my question. It is definitely not. <laughs> I keep saying this, it's not. Uh, yeah, Dungeons and Dragons, they can't, like, it's fatal, but they can survive very short exposures mm. to sunlight. I want to, we, we play d and I want to mm. run into some vampires right? now. Right? Um... Okay, let's see what else. Okay, so an Abraham Lincoln vampire hunter. Exposure to sunlight burns and blisters the skin of quote-unquote newborns, which I'm assuming means, like, new vampires. Yeah. Although it isn't fatal. Older vampires have higher tolerances, but their eyes will always remain sensitive. Interesting. Oh, okay. Changes, like, their yeah. vision. Mm -hmm. Visual acuity. Yep, exactly. Um, yeah, cool. Should we move on to the next one? Or is there any? are there any other things that we want to bring up i feel like uh okay yes actually okay. yes, yes. <laughs> Tell me um so uh dracula 2000 uh is a wonderful film starring gerard butler and a girl um, i do not remember who else is in that film um but his dracula is uh the idea that the original dracula is judas iscariot um, mm. uh-huh. So that's why things like silver, because that's what he traded. Oh, for look cross, at that. Like a lot of mm. holy things are like, he's really averse to because they're reminders of his betrayal. Um, mm. like that he was cursed because he betrayed Christ. Um, and I think that the, the, a lot, in a lot of the, the ways that it's talked about, um, like vampirism, it's when the cock crows, mm -hmm. right? And that's like a very biblical thing of like, uh, the cock crows and being denied. Yeah. Um, so I think that that's like really tied in. Like it's a, in some uses a really Christian thing of like the cock crows and yeah. it's beautiful. It is I might have to watch. Miraculous. <laughs> uh, very, it's ridiculous. Like, I've now just pulled up pictures of Gerard Butler's yeah. Dracula and I'm like, mm, yeah, he's like a little younger. Yeah, there he is. All I'm saying is that like it's there if you want to watch it, and he's really scary. Oh gosh, and that's Wes Craven too. That's uh -huh. hysterical. Yes, oh, it's man. it's the most absurd. I think it came out in 2000, so it's like a little yeah. recent one, and it's like they did a lot of that in 2000. It's uh -huh. like we're doing this remake. Just slap 2000 uh -huh. on that <laughs> title. Uh, yeah. So, That's uh, yeah. Interesting. Excellent. Mm. There you go. Okay. Um, what about decapitation? I feel like decapitation should be fatal for everyone. <laughs> yes. But, you know, what do I know? Well, that's, that's like the, um, I feel like we talked about this a little bit when we did the zombie episode, but the deadites, right? Um, mm -hmm. Like, the thing that kills the deadites in the Evil Dead series is decapitation, and they're kind of like a zombie oh. vampire hybrid, mm -hmm. like a little bit of a mix. So, <laughs> they go. With yeah. Decapitation. Yeah. And as we talked about in Twilight, decapitating them like paralyzes them, so they're not able to do anything. But yeah, the, it, like if you put their head and their body back together, they would be fine. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 
So can they fatal. reattach their own bodies and heads, or do they I don't have think to? So. Okay. I think that once like the head is decapitated from the rest of the body, they can't like reunite. Yeah, yeah, they can't. They're reunite. not movable. So their, their nerves aren't touching, right? Okay. So, <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> I also feel like with most beings, like, even if you were to touch the nerves back together, it wouldn't fix it. That's fair. Um, I feel like in, in Dracula, they go, like, all out with, with Dracula to get rid of, like, the, the Dracula thing. It's, like, cut off their head, stuff their mouth with garlic, stake their heart. Like, yeah, do all the things. Like, all out. Tick the boxes. So yeah. it's not just decapitation, but that's part of it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Vampire Diaries, the TV series, apparently, uh, in the original TV series. The originals, like this spinoff. Oh, okay. There are multiple okay. iterations <laughs> of, <laughs> of the Vampire Diaries <laughs> series. Okay, well. That's weird that, like, we're looking at this whole list. That's interesting that they didn't just keep the same yeah. lore between the series, though. Yeah. It seems to change from the novels to the TV series mm-hmm. to the originals. They're yeah. doing another spinoff of that, too. Oh. Mm-hmm. In the Buffyverse, decapitating is fatal. Mm-hmm. That it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, I feel like for most of these, decapitation is pretty fatal. Uh, apparently not in one of the Doctor Who's, though. So. <laughs> Was it the fish ones? Not fish. the fish ones. The fish ones, they are okay. definitely <laughs> susceptible to decapitation. Susceptible to all of it except for I want my medical records to say that that I'm susceptible to decapitation. <laughs> you're not like your next doctor is just like who was your doctor before this? They are nuts. Just uh, know that I can't be decapitated and live through that. So I feel like that's worth noting. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, well let's talk about the next thing, which is drowning. That, I didn't know no, that was a thing. No, because they don't breathe, right? Most of the time they're <laughs> dead. So, like, what, does, what would drowning do? Like, they don't take in yeah. air. Yeah. I think, looking at this list, most of them drowning is not a thing. But it is for some. So, for instance... European folklore. Yeah. So, they were susceptible to it in European folklore. Excellent. Uh, I mean, they... Yeah. yeah. Could be drowned, but revive once removed from the water. It's of course. Like, I don't... Uh, so just keep them under the water the whole time? I don't understand the, in, the in logistics that, of in it. Classic, yeah. Well, maybe, yeah, like, maybe if you tied them to a chunk of something mm. and, like, threw them into a river. Um, so they can never come out. In <laughs> uh, that old uh, classic vampire media, The Sims, <laughs> your vampire Sims can drown. <laughs> so there you go. Yes, they can also drown in underworld. I, they, apparently, I forgot they do have vampires in <laughs> <Yeah>. the Sims. <laughs> yep. Uh, cool. Any any others you want to talk about with this? Oh, drowning. No. Yeah, it doesn't seem like a not standard. Not, yeah. Yeah. Cool. So let's move on to fire. Fire is fire fatal for a vampire? Frequently, I feel like, yes. I feel like typically, yes. Right. Yes. yes. Not in Van Helsing. But <laughs> it's, it's weird because that's like not one that I think about. Like I think that like burning the body is usually a part of it, but like fire is not a thing that I associate with like killing vampires. Mm-hmm. But it does seem to be like a really standard one of like yeah, if you want to really be rid of a vampire, you light it on fire. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I feel like it's <laughs> it's pretty standard that fire is fatal, but yeah, it's. 
it, it doesn't it doesn't seem like the one that you would normally associate with. It doesn't seem to be the primary mode of no. dispatching a vampire. No. I guess is what it, like in in the vampire media that I know, it's usually like the secondary. Like let's make sure it's really gone. Like right. light it on fire after it's staked, after it's whatever. Yeah. Right. Agreed. <laughs> cool. So let's talk about silver. Is silver fatal for a vampire? So we kind of talked about in the stake when we talked about stakes that in some. Uh, versions like the stake has to be made of silver in order for it to be effective. But, like, if I were to, if you're a vampire and I touch you with silver, are you dead? <clears throat> Is that what do you guys think? <clears throat> I've never understood the silver mythos because, like, it's the same with with uh, werewolves, right? Where, like, yeah. I don't know if just silver is a problem, but a silver bullet is a problem. Like, right? I think that with werewolves, it's like silver in the blood okay. is the problem so like a bullet would yeah it would get do it <coughs> but because um, i think also silver knives with werewolves are oh. also an effective weapon okay um but i think that with silver it has to do with the fact that like that the vampire is judas iscariot and it's the i think that's, that's probably part of it. <laughs> i didn't know that but i think that with werewolves especially it's the the fact that silver has to go through so much purifying in mm -hmm. order to like be considered silver like a precious metal um so it's considered like a pure metal and therefore like hmm. the pure metal removes yeah. evil hmm. um maybe it's the same with vampires then maybe because it does seem like there's like a good number where like vampires are at least affected yeah, yeah. by silver if not killed yeah except for van helsing <laughs> 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 okay. Keep bringing that up. I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Oh, we okay. The part from I'm sorry. We're backtracking. <laughs> the part from what we do in the shadows that I want to talk about actually the sunlight. So the part uh -huh. the part that I'm thinking of is the part with Peter who lives down in the basement and mm -hmm. is like the very old mm -hmm. vampire. Um, like I think somebody leaves a window open or something and he catches on fire and they're all upstairs and they hear the fire alarm going off and they're just like, Oh no, Peter <laughs> He's just dead. Oh, poor Betty. Yeah. Anyway. Cool. That also now reminds me of that part in um is it in Despicable Me or with the minions where mm -hmm. isn't that one where they like give him a cake for his birth? I feel like the minions there's a, a montage of them like finding villains but killing them all off and that's oh yeah that's in the minions movie okay maybe that's what it is and that's yeah. how they kill the a vampire yeah, off <laughs> by opening a window yeah. <laughs> yep for sure yeah. um but yeah so back to silver <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, so yeah, let's see here. An Abraham Lincoln vampire hunter <laughs> fatal, but only if the silver weapon inflicts a wound that would kill a human. I love that, like with zombies, when both of those came back into popular culture, were becoming a lot more popular. It was like let's just throw a vampire into everything. Like my mom has um, Mr. Darcy vampire, where that's just Prime Prejudice, but Darcy's a vampire oh, and. Okay. Abraham um, Lincoln killing vampires. That, okay, I'm sorry. Is the Mr. Darcy vampire, is that a book or a, a movie? A book. Okay. I need that. <laughs> <laughs> cool. But, yep. It's been thrown into all sorts of other properties. <laughs> like, eh, just make that character a vampire. Yeah, for sure. Okay, let's talk about garlic. <laughs> is garlic lethal for a vampire? 
I've never heard it as lethal, but impassable, right? Like, mm -hmm. so a lot of the things is to wear garlic around your neck because then they can't access your neck. Right. And that's mm -hmm. like where you will be. And um, it's, I think it's in uh, Dracula where they're trying to protect this girl and putting mm -hmm. a ton of garlic on her in her hair under, around her neck. Um, like and her mom her is, and, stuff, right? and her mom is taking it down every night. Like, oh, that's right. Yeah, she, like, <laughs> and so she's like slowly, like every day, becoming like more and more gone until she is dead. Yeah, <laughs> which is an interesting thing. Let's let's talk about that really quickly. So in Bram Stoker's Dracula, it's not like one bite and you're a vampire. Uh -huh. It's like a gradual thing over time. Yeah. Mm. So she becomes like gradually more and more undead until mm -hmm. she huh. she doesn't become a full vampire in that one, right? I think I thought she did, and they killed her. Oh really? Is that not? I could be misremembering it. I know that. No, 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 no. She doesn't. She doesn't. She just dies. I'm pretty sure it's um, Mina who becomes a vampire and is like yeah. on the way to being a like yeah. the main character, the main dude's um wife, right. and uh, she's like almost there. And the sisters are like, "Come, sister, be our sister." And uh -huh. they're like, "No." <laughs> yeah, which I know this because of the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, Mina. Anyway, sorry. Not <laughs> Once again, I'm trying to figure out where, because garlic seems so random other than it smells, and so I'm like, why? Um, I'm I feel looking. Like it's pagan again. It's like the the rites. Is that is that different than what you're seeing? Well, no, I don't think this is actually based in lore, but it says that um, vampires' aversion aversion to garlic has some basis in biology. Mm. Um, so the burned skin on contact version, um, mm. like when they get it and it's like ah fire, um, is how like actual people who are allergic to garlic that's the sort of experience they have. Oh, huh. So like being on fire if it touches them, um, and so. Uh, garlic has been proven to kill mosquitoes too, which are sort of oh, like yeah. va <laughs> mini vampire bugs. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's sort of that's interesting. I think, like the mythological side of it too, garlic is a protective herb. Like it's a thing yeah. that you put in sachets and hang over your door, and mm -hmm. like um, yeah. it's also uh, like antimicrobial <clears throat> and antibacterial. Like it's such a strong thing that it actually <clears throat> kills. Like you can use garlic to like kill fungus and bacteria and stuff. Mm -hmm. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Cool. Um, apparently there's a thing called Batman and Dracula. <laughs> 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 that one, yes. Dracula is averse to garlic, so. Mm. Just FYI. Good, I know, good to know. I know that's something you guys were all very, like, hanging on to the edge of your seat. I, that's a thing I want to watch, though. <laughs> yes. I don't I remember would... it in the Buffy verse. I'm trying to think if it's, uh, like, a thing. Yeah. I bet... Batman and Dracula is still better than Batman versus Superman. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Ooh. Okay, so it says that in the Buffy verse, garlic is shown as a prop on screen but never utilized. Hmm. Yeah, I think that she has it in her chest of stuff with Mr. Pointy, but mm -hmm. um, which is the name of her steak. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> so uh, that's but, great. Um, I don't recall it ever being used, and like. Angel is her boyfriend, and there's never, like, I feel like if they could have worked out a gag that was like, oh, you had pizza tonight, like, <laughs> like they would have, and they didn't, so. Yeah. At least not up to season three, which is all that I've seen. <laughs> so. Awesome. <clears throat> cool. So let's talk about holy symbols. So crosses, um, holy water. I can definitely attest that in Van Helsing, <laughs> those things are fatal to the wives, but not to Dracula. Okay. So, oh. Yeah. One thing that I feel like I've, I don't know, I, I think the belief behind it has a lot to do with it, at least in the ones that I've heard, especially mm -hmm. in Fright Night, like, um, 
when Peter Vincent shows up and tries to use the cross, once he realizes that these are vampires, tries to use the cross against them, they basically just like laugh and knock it out of his hand, and they're like, it doesn't mean anything if you don't believe. Like, yeah. it's the faith behind the, sub this, the thing that does it, which is why I think holy water and um, uh, a thing that I didn't realize until rewatching the old vampire stuff, um, the Sacred Host communion wafers, um, mm -hmm. they will crunch up and put they like uh, to keep Mina in check when she's turned into a vampire. Um, mm -hmm. They crunch wafers and put them all around the camp that they're in so that the vampires can't come in and she can't get out. Um, mm -hmm. And it's also uh, in the Nosferatu as well. They um, put a little thing, like a little ring of the sacred host around, like crumbled up all around one of the vampires and he can't get out until uh, the maid comes in and he's like, they've spilled something and she like sweeps it away and he like leaps out of the circle and he's like i'm free <laughs> but i think that those work because they were imbued with like a perfect faith right you know like a uh, perfect faith but like the thing that created them was like a priest blessing them like dedicating them so mm -hmm. the belief is there whereas with a cross it's a lot more dependent on the wielder yeah <laughs> that's interesting i wonder then if like if you are say an atheist and you have like no faith in a holy relic or anything. But maybe you have a lot of faith in the Beatles. <laughs> I mean, like, would your Abbey Road album be, like, an effective weapon against a vampire? That's a good question. <laughs> I feel like yes. I want to make this into a novel now. <laughs> Excellent. Cool. That idea. Um, any other examples in... So, yeah, you talked about Bram Stoker's Dracula and Nosferatu. They are susceptible to like holy relics mm -hmm. um <laughs> and rice's vampire chronicles they are not mm. um sesame street unknown <laughs> <laughs> that's been the case on all of these yeah no one's gonna like, kill off totally sure yeah. about count von count, <laughs> yeah. count, von count. okay um, that's a funny thing though this is just like a fun vampire fact <laughs> uh a lot of like vampire myths, like especially like the older ones, vampires have erythromania, which is um, a fascination with mathematics and counting. So like uh, one of the ways, I think it's in um, like Chinese vampire lore of how to distract a vampire is you can throw a bag of rice on the ground and he won't come get you until he's counted every grain. Huh. That's like erythromania is like yeah. a recurring thing. And so I think it's really funny and I don't know, <laughs> probably intentional that they have the count. Yeah. As a as a count, mm. the counts. <laughs> Sesame Street is so smart. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, sure. It's incredibly smart. Um, I will say in the Little Vampire. <laughs> so that movie with uh, Jonathan Lipnicki. Yeah, and oh, also uh -huh. also uh -huh. Richard E. Grant, whom Ooh. I love. Oh. Yeah, but um, yeah, so they <laughs> are susceptible to holy relics in Little Vampire. There's oh. that. Um, let's see. Uh, in the Vampire Diaries, or at least in one in the novels, holy relics boost mental resistance if the user truly believes it works. Hmm. But then hmm. in the other versions in the TV series, it has no effect. I think that supports your theory about the Beatles. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> All right, cool. <clears throat> um, cool, anything else we want to talk about with holy relics? No, cool. <laughs> All right, let's move on then. Um, so next up is running water, which I feel is similar to the drowning. drowning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, it doesn't seem like a thing that I've. 
Yeah, apparently in European folklore, it was similar to what you're saying with the stakes, where it was like they were uh, like it would kill them, but if you remove them from the running water, oh, okay. then they're revived. Yeah. Them. So like theoretically, if they were if you drown them in a river and like weighed them down so they're at the bottom of the river for all okay. eternity, but then a hundred years later they come and build a dam, and now it's a lake and not a river. <laughs> They'd be alive again. You're up a creek. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, cool. What about the, um, they need an invitation? You should talk about, didn't you say that you really liked, uh, like, let the right one in? I do. What does that mean? So, but they, they <laughs> die without, a, if they enter, a, like, a residence without an invitation, they die. Yeah. Oh. So, so, like, that's, like, the, that's what the name is based on, right? Is like, let the right one in, of, like, letting them in. Oh. I hadn't put that together. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. I can't remember. I'm pretty sure that the uh, like one of the only things that is a threat to her existence that time is when she comes into his house and hasn't been invited, and she starts like yeah, eating from the eyes and the ears and stuff. Like mm-hmm. yes, so that yep. That is at least a thing in Let the Right One In. Yeah, Dan would I tuck on my egg? Yeah. Ooh, um, and what we do in the shadows, they do have to be invited in. Fright Night 2. Yep. But it's really sad because uh, the kid goes to his friend, Evil, um, who is Evil Ed. He's the one who becomes a vampire leader. Mm-hmm. The guy's like, don't worry, you, you're, he's, as long as you don't invite him into your house, it's totally fine. Like, no worries, you'll be safe. And then he goes home and his mom has invited the vampire in. And he's like, <laughs> what are you worried about, son? That I wouldn't come over without an invitation? You're right. <laughs> but now I'll drop by all the time. <laughs> he's like all threatening, like Prince Humperdinck. Oh. <laughs> Great. Um... Kids are throwing. Jams. No, it's perfect background noise for a vampire episode. <laughs> 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 cool. Yeah, and then you mentioned Erythromania. Oh, yeah, sorry, I didn't scroll over enough. Oh, you're that fine. That was a thing. You're fine. Yes, um, apparently. So, so yeah, in European folklore, that's a thing. I feel like for the most part, though, that has not really used in. It says that is it for Let the Right One In. It says it's implied that oh. there's Erythromania. Um, Interesting. For the vampire. So. Cool. I just not remembering this movie well enough. That would be the case. <laughs> I don't. I don't remember the Erythromania thing. I just remember her like that's like the yeah. Now you're saying yeah. Thing. Yeah. Okay. I do. Yeah, I seem to recall oh, hearing that whole like uh, yeah the like bag of rice thing mm-hmm. with vampires. So cool. That's really interesting. Yeah. yeah, that's not a thing that I associated with it, but yeah. it seems like it does pop up on like Sesame Street. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, apparently so. I haven't, we talked about Dr. McNinja. Um, Dr. McNinja is a webcomic that Andrew really likes, and I have read some of it. But mm. apparently, Erythromania is a thing for vampires in Dr. McNinja. So, there's oh. that. Cool. Uh, other weaknesses, so just kind of random stuff. I know in Van Helsing, Dracula is like one real weakness is werewolves. Oh, Only uh-huh. a werewolf can kill Dracula. Twilight 2, right? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say a weakness. <laughs> it just bruises their ego a little bit when their girlfriends are more attracted to werewolf than to him. <laughs> oh, okay. So here's this. So Stephen King has written a lot of horror stuff, and I guess that he's written multiple types of vampires. Mm. But um, so one of his his type one vampire is afraid of white eyes painted on black dogs. 
Which seems very strangely specific. Yeah, what? Yeah, yeah I don't know. Cool. Um, his type 2 vampires are hurt by roses. Okay. Oh, yeah, there's that. And then uh, his type 3 vampires can be killed by completely normal weapons. So, hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Do y'all want to hear a really funny thing on this little yes. chart? <laughs> Count Chocula's weakness is get soggy in milk. <laughs> I, I couldn't see the t- like I couldn't see which vampire I was referencing. I was just scrolling through and I was like, get soggy in milk. What? Va- oh yeah. Okay. Yep. That one makes Gosh, sense. Gosh, I wish that were any other vampire. Just throw some milk on him. I know, right? Um. Okay. Would so anyone technically get soggy in? It <laughs> depends on how you define yeah, yeah, soggy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, in the Hollow series, the blood of an undead is deadly to another undead. Oh. Uh, okay. Yeah. There's all kinds of like. It seems like every, or not every, but a lot different of vampire movies, they, they're trying to be different. So they're like, oh yeah, there's this other <laughs> that you didn't know about. But sea salt is actually deadly to vampires. <laughs> it's just like what? Okay. You gotta know the very specific vampire you're dealing with <laughs> if you want to. Yeah. Uh, oh, see. let the right one in says uh, blood with cancer hurts them, but is still nutritious. Oh. The, is that something we... So in that film, I, I feel like the real threat to um, this vampire is that she doesn't get enough blood. And I kind of find those things... I was going to... There's a YA novel I really like where this kid becomes a vampire, but he really doesn't want to kill people. And the book ends with kind of... Inf- implying that he's going to die because he doesn't want to kill people and drink their blood so they would just waste away is that like I feel like that's a legitimate reason for death for some of these if not uh-huh. like starvation basically yeah 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 I think huh? not in twilight yeah they can go as long as they well, they can eat animals. That's another well, thing. Like they, some. Sorry, go ahead. Well, some it seems like it's pure. They can only suck blood from humans, mm-hmm. and some they can suck blood from other animals too. Right. So I, I think know. in Twilight, because Carlisle tries to just like not drink blood for a while, and he gets mm-hmm. super, super weak, and he's like, "I was incapable of dying, but I was committed to like spending eternity, like just completely immobilized and incapable of mm-hmm. anything." Mm-hmm. Um, but he doesn't die. But then I think he comes around to drinking animal blood. Yes, that is (laughs) how it goes. Um, So Supernatural, I have never watched this show, but I'm finding this fascinating, the weaknesses that vampires have Mm -hmm. in the show. So dead man's blood can paralyze them, and a scent-blocking mixture can render their sense of smell useless. Um, And then there, I guess they have a bunch of uh, weapons that they can use against vampires, which I'm going to read them because this is really funny. <laughs> yes, please. The Colt, Angelic Touch, Vampire Irradiation Gun, Anti-Vampire Device, and Vamp Tonight. Oh my gosh. Um, and also, <laughs> like, angels, leviathans, and primordial, primordial entities can overpower and kill them with ease. Oh. oh there's that. All right. <laughs> Vamp Tonight. Vamp Tonight. <laughs> Oh, oh gosh, girl, you're drunk. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, so there's a broad mixture of things that <laughs> can kill them. Have decided can kill vampires and is very, like, lore specific. Is that yeah. what I want to say? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, 
should we talk about their supernatural powers or should we just cut it off there? Just talk about it at least a little bit. <laughs> I find that well, this is this is one of the funny things about Twilight <laughs> is that they all just have random powers for no uh-huh. apparent reason. Although in the case of why am I trying to put logic to this series? In, in the case of uh, so Bella um, mm-hmm. has like she cannot Van, Edward can read minds but he cannot read her mind even as a human and then when she becomes a vampire later her power is like shielding people from other herself and others from other powers so it seems like some sort of trait that you had as a human is then enhanced as a vampire yeah. but they have all sorts of weird some of them read minds Alice sees into the future mm-hmm. I just found that funny I'm like yeah. I don't they're already vampires <laughs> like super strong super beautiful they they all had to have powers on top of that too yeah well super strong would be considered a, a power I think they're all pretty strong, though. Yeah. 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 So, okay, so I'm looking at this thing, and on this chart, so the ones it lists are immortal, which I think pretty much all vampires are immortal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Enhanced strength seems to be pretty common as well. Enhanced senses, enhanced speed, unnatural healing, flight, so um, just whether or not they can fly, like, as in a humanoid (laughs) shape. But then there's also shape-shifting and absorption. Uh, mm. Psychic powers, psychokinesis, pyrokinesis, and then there's an other category. So, again, a lot of people coming up with yeah. additional powers. But um, let's talk about Bram Stoker's Dracula and how that fits into there really quickly because um, I think that's a pretty good pattern for most vampire things. So, he is immortal. Um, he does have super strength and super senses and super speed. <laughs> um, he. So as far as the advanced healing, though, apparently not so much um, because Harker hits him with a shovel and Mm -hmm. he has a scar. Um, But he can fly and he can shapeshift. So specifically into wolf, bat, he can turn himself into dust or fog and maybe a dog. And apparently he can also impersonate Jonathan Harker. I didn't realize I did not remember that. (laughs) I'm not sure if it's like when the real estate deal is going down or something, yeah. but uh, th- this is always so interesting to me because there are some where it's like the animal hates that being, mm-hmm. like cats hiss at vampires a lot I feel like is a trope, mm-hmm. um, but like some vampires turn into cats, yeah. and werewolves seem at odds with vampires in a lot of mythology, but sometimes they can turn into wolves, and like mm-hmm. I'm very confused about like <laughs> when yeah. they can turn into what. Yeah, so with Bram Stoker's Dracula um, in the other category, it actually lists that he has control of nocturnal animals. Mm-hmm. So wolves and rats would be among them. Yeah. Um, hmm. And sometimes maybe cats, I guess. And um, I think that they talk about, like, doors don't matter to him, like like doors and walls yeah, are, like, not a thing. Yeah, he's able to shrink under doors and stuff, yeah. Um, and then he also has, like, telepathic links with his victims, so that's how they track him is through Mina's telepathic mm-hmm. link. Um and then they, they also think that he caused a fire at one point, so maybe he has pyrokinesis, mm. but it's never really, like, clarified whether he did or didn't. Yeah. Um, and he also, they think he probably doesn't have uh, psychokinesis, so, <laughs> like, ability to move things with your mind. Um, yeah, other things with... Can I bring up True Blood on here? (laughs) Which I haven't watched, but I feel like, again, it's one of those, it seems like, 
with the Twilight, like based on books and then kind of sexy vampires, whatnot. Mm-hmm. And now, and I, I having not watched it, it seems like the premise though is that there's vampires kind of come out in to uh, like just live among the public because there's a synthetic blood that they can drink and not they don't have to kill humans to drink blood but then you see on here with all their powers like one is that they have the ability to erase humans memories and bend their will and all so it sounds like maybe because they don't drink their blood the threat is no longer like i'm gonna suck your blood and kill you but i'm gonna possess you eh? like these other like i'm gonna um control your actions and different things so that's kind of interesting yeah cool um what where do the vampires in interview with the vampire fall uh because they're immortal they yeah um but do they have super strength uh so it says and Rice's Vampire Chronicles that's what it is right yeah um (laughs) so enhanced strength senses speed uh, healing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, extremely old vampires can fly. Mm, they yeah. cannot shapeshift. <laughs> no shapeshifting. Um, most, uh, I just scrolled up, have psychic powers. Um, very old vampires have psychokinesis. Very old vampires have pyrokinesis. Mm-hmm. Um, and then their other things are they're able to like walk on walls. Mm-hmm. Um, they can cause blood vessels to rupture. Uh, and they have enhanced memories. Hmm. So, mm-hmm. so uh, just nostalgic all the time. Yeah, I don't feel like <laughs> any of this was like particularly uh, apparent in the one interview with a vampire movie that I saw. But <laughs> I mean, like her, the books are pretty extensive, right? So yeah. I guess there's yeah. like more lore that gets worked out in them. Yeah, totally. Cool. Um, Count Chocula can turn into a bat. <laughs> uh, he's uh-huh. able to levitate marshmallows. Oh. <laughs> um, he has electrokinesis, apparently. Oh, like lightning. Like he can. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, and he turns milk into chocolate. <laughs> vitamins and minerals. Oh my gosh. <laughs> 15 vitamins and minerals. Stop it. <laughs> Whoever put that on that list? Oh, that makes oh. me so happy. Okay, the count on Sesame Street apparently used to have hypnosis, but does oh. not anymore. Wow. Hmm. Yeah, and he can gender- generate thunder by counting. Oh. And he has preternatural <laughs> counting abilities. <laughs> yes. Uh, young Dracula apparently has all those superpowers. <laughs> um, let's see, what else? I feel like the Buffies are like not usually shapeshifters, but are like mm-hmm. strong, fast, like they have some like abilities. I feel like the Master had a lot more like kind of controlling abilities, but not. In Marvel Comics, they had all the superpowers except for psychokinesis and pyrokinesis. Hmm. But some of them could control the weather and some animals. <laughs> so, there's that. There's so many different... I wonder... Um, Adventure Time has a vampire, right? Marceline the Vampire Queen? Sure. Yes. Yes. I don't know if there are more vampires beyond her. But <laughs> I don't know. Um, she can drain the color red from objects instead of feeding on blood. <laughs> I love oh, that. That's, that's cute. So tender. <laughs> oh, okay. So Castlevania. I want to talk about Castlevania. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> so Castlevania is like a. It's a Netflix original. It's an anime. 
Um, the second half of the first season is finally coming out like a few days before Halloween this year. Mm -hmm. So yay! <laughs> um, but yeah, so they are very much based on like traditional vampires. So they are immortal, have the super strength and super speed, all that jazz. Um, they can manipulate electricity black ma and black magic. They can summon bats and Dracula can resurrect every 100 years in that series. So there's that. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, I'm <laughs> trying to find what we do in the shadows because I'm not remembering <laughs> anything. Oh, okay. Let's talk about the Elder Scrolls and like, uh, so it's a video game, right? Oh, okay. So in... Uh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So in the Elder Scrolls, you can like fight vampires. Um, and you'll like be exploring this cave and come across like a coven of vampires and you have to kill them all and they're, they're not fun. Um, but yeah, so they um, have supernatural sight. They, and apparently there are like different classes of vampires in these games. So some of them um, are able to shapeshift, but most of them aren't. Um, but they have unique powers based on their clan. So some of them can be invisible. Um, some of them can reanimate other corpses. Some of them have poisonous claws it's all over, depending on <laughs> where they're from and what clan they're part of. So, um, yeah, cool. Awesome. Yeah. Anything else we want to talk about with that? Not no. necessarily. No. <laughs> cool. Um, and then there's a whole section on here for reproduction and feeding, but I feel like we've kind of discussed yeah. that. <laughs> Um, and then there's, let's see, setting characteristics. Yeah, okay. I think we're done. <laughs> Do we want to maybe, like, at the end, because there is, like, just so much vampire stuff, like, mm -hmm. maybe say one or up to three <laughs> vampire medias that you would recommend? Yes. So not Van Helsing. Not Van Helsing. <laughs> not Twilight. You can tell. Tana's very much <laughs> I'm just kidding. You can recommend it if you want. I did not. I did not recommend it. We'll just judge you. I believe the record show that that is Courtney's one. <laughs> it is not. Uh, but now that I think about it, I'm having a hard time. <laughs> um, okay, I can go. I can do three. Okay. Yeah. Uh, do it. The first is 100% Fright Night. The old one, not the one with David Tennant. Uh -huh. Do not watch the one with David Tennant. <laughs> I can't stop. Uh, I want to. I forbid it. I, come on, Chris. Like Chris Sarandon is hum like humperdinck being a vampire with like. And that it's does sound very, very amusing. Watch them both, Tana. Okay, 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 okay. I've done it too, so if you have to, that's fine. Um, so Fright Night, the original, the 80s one. Um, and then uh, Girl Walks Home Alone at Night, which we haven't talked about here because it's it's a very interesting vampire movie in that like very little of it is focused on vampirism. It's just like this girl is cool and a vampire and like a plot happens around that like <laughs> she kills one person but then opts not to kill other people and like it's interesting yeah um i think she kills more than one person but uh <laughs> it's really fun it's black and white it's iranian it's a really cool movie um that i would recommend and then i think the last one i really liked the herzog remake of nosferatu I think that's like one of my top ones, um, or or Buffy. 
gonna say Buffy. Buffy doesn't count because it's a TV series. Uh, you can so. you can have one of mine anyway. Yeah. So you're good. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'll I think allow those it. Ones. Yeah. Cool. I think for me, it's probably going to be what Van we Helsing. do in the shadows. Van Helsing. Yes. Well, also no, not Van Helsing. <laughs> what we do in the shadows is so funny. It is it's very it's funny. So it's great. so cute. It has Jermaine Clement is in it, right? Yes. Yeah. And Taika Waititi. Oh yeah. Who yeah. directed it they're too, right? Fun. So they're yeah. Oh, they're fun. so fun. Um, yeah, I love that one. And they have like this whole feud with like the werewolf clan. <laughs> great. Um, yeah. Uh, let me think here. What else? Um, I guess, okay, don't watch Van Helsing. <laughs> if, if you really like watching bad movies like I do, then watch Van Helsing. But if you don't want to watch a bad movie, don't watch Van Helsing. <laughs> That's, yeah, okay. That's it. Mine is Twilight. <laughs> it yes. isn't. Although, I mean, there are good times. Didn't Andrew talk about the riff tracks being really good? Oh, yeah, I kind of. See, I want to go back through those with riff tracks or yeah. something because I think it would be really fun. Um, my favorite part of that, sorry, I'm just going to add on. Yeah. That. My favorite part of that riff tracks is in the first movie when he has her climb up onto his back and then he runs super fast <coughs> and goes up the tree. Spider Monkey. They, yeah. And they go. But like the band that's great. And I'm like, oh, that's like perfect. Gotta do it. Um, my two I've mentioned, but Only Lovers Left Alive, which is fairly recent. Um, Jim Jarmusch. I feel like I can't pronounce his last name. Um, Sundance Darling. Yeah, it's a great one. It's just it's interesting because there's not. I can't really think of too many. I, they're moody vampires, but I like the um, Tom Hiddleston. It's like I've been alive so long, and you don't think about you're when you think of vampires, you're thinking too hard about I don't want that thing to kill me. And this is like, oh, your life kind of sucks because you have to. You're immortal, and what are the repercussions of being immortal? <laughs> like the challenges of that, and so and it's just like stylized in a really cool way. And I love Tilda Swinton. Um, and let the right one in, <laughs> which apparently I need to uh, watch again. I started to rewatch it because I'm actually, uh, they made it into a play and I'm going to see that in a couple weeks and I wasn't aware of that and I'm really interested to see how they adapted that first stage, especially how bloody it gets. Uh-huh. Um, Have you seen the the English one or the, the Scandinavian one or both or either? Just the Scandinavian one. Uh-huh. How's the... I... I I don't love American remakes of okay. really good foreign films. Is the other one good? I liked it. Like it was surprisingly okay. good, and I. But I think part of it is that I really like some, at least the the kind of helper dude that they cast. I like a lot. Um, he is. If you've seen Cabin in the Woods, he is one of the dudes who's kind of like running things behind the scenes. Um, not the short okay. one, the taller one. He's he's he pops up in horror movies, and I like him a lot. So I think that yeah. they did, they were smart with casting. Cool. Yeah, that one's Let Me In is the remake of it. But I like that one because um, she's sympathetic. You really, you just like her a lot. And she's incredibly dangerous, but you also want her to be okay. And she protects Oscar and he's been bullied. I don't know. It's a cute little little love story. I I definitely read it way darker than that. Yeah, (laughs) sorry. You can go to that. It it is dark. I think that's why I like it, though, because it, it like she, it's incredibly violent, but I'm also like, oh, but you're so cute. I don't know. I thought that, I thought that she was, like, 
basically because the the dude who was her caretaker is like getting old and dying and so she like seduces another dude to oh be to be her caretaker that's a better reading of it. <laughs> <laughs> i mean i think that like you could read your love into it like she obviously had this guy being really devoted to her but yeah i, I was, that's I was probably, like you're so manipulative <laughs> yeah that's probably the better way to I read know, into I it love story. It's way cute. <laughs> cute little kids anyway I'm, I'll see the play and see how, yeah. now, now I'm only going to see it in, in that light. I just want to believe that they're, they're happy vampires and not just brutal ones. <laughs> anyway. Good. Cool. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for us this week. So join us next week when uh, we're going to be talking about Hocus Pocus. Ooh. <laughs> I'm up, I'm up, I'm up, I'm up, I'm up. Okay. 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 I'm trying to think of it. But yeah, so join us then. If you are listening on iTunes or on any of the other media where we are available, check us, check out our website, popculture-footnotes.com. Um, you can also find us on Twitter at PC Footnotes and on Facebook at Pop Culture Footnotes. And if you have ideas for things you want us to talk about, let us know in our email. Hit up our inbox, popculturefootnotes at gmail.com. So that's going to be it for us. Thank you again, Tana, for coming. Yay! Um, yeah. I always love having your Resident horror. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Expert. Yep. Great. And that's going to be it for us. So see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.